Now entering Nerdist.com. should be knitting in front of us. <laughs> that might happen. Uh, knitting might break out in the audience at uh, Portland. Right, Portland will knit. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to I feel like we're just going to disappoint everybody. It's well, just a conversation. What I'm glad is that you dressed up just as much as me. <laughs> like we thought this was just an audience show. <laughs> this is how much, I'm glad you're not in your, your pajamas this time. Thank you. <laughs> Yes, I was in my PJs, you guys. But you could last episode. Did you were you there? Yeah. Okay. I might leave mine in for a little while. That's great. Okay, so here we are. Uh, we do stand up comedy, you guys. Is there an outlet nearby? Is there an outlet to put just a plug in outlet nearby? Let's pretend they're not there. Just for a little addressing them directly. Okay, alright. Well, that feels weird, but yes. I have one right here. Well, well you got any stories? You just got here. I got here last night. I got a text message from you saying, I'm still explaining why I Yes, I am. My eye still looks pretty bad, and I'm just not making eye contact with people as much as possible because I don't want to explain it. Right. And I'm forced into opening with an explanation of my black eye, which, right. you know. Now you know how black comics feel. Yeah, there you go. I don't think I know how black comics feel. Are you sure? Yeah, sure that I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe the house to the eye, my bathtub okay. isn't the same as being African-American. But I appreciate your attempt at empathy. Sure, I think that I'm just trying to make this all relatable. <laughs> what little notes are you looking at? I don't know. I'm hoping that there was something here that I wanted to talk about. How was your show last night? My show, uh, oh, those three people enjoyed it. Uh, I did, what did I do? I did a show on Thursday right when I got off the plane, much like yourself, yeah. right? And then I did uh, two sets last night. Think about, here's what I'll say about festivals. I, I never know what the overlap is, so I'm always like, oh, oh I gotta do new material every single 10 yes. to 15 minute set, but there's only 15 minutes I want to do. Right, yeah, right, right. Uh, I, I had the same thing. I, I uh, listened to my set from uh, Bridgetown last year on the way up here. And I, and I, I, as I wrote down the name of each joke, I'm like, oh, I'm still doing those jokes. <laughs> so you guys are see how those are coming along. Breathing is different. <laughs> well, every breath, it counts. It's timing. So yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, so, but I had the, so I started scurrying around 
encounter my little notebook finding the new ones that hadn't been, and they're all, most of them are connector jokes. So like, if you look at it like an alphabet, I, I last year I did A, C, and uh, F, and I wrote, now I wrote a B and an E, and now, so last night I did a set where I'm like, okay, you can't repeat anything. And, um, and I did repeat a little, I, there's a bit that I tweaked that Just I like myself. Just C&D, it's weird though. It was weird. Set and then I was trying to remember, I'm like, this order, like I, I couldn't remember the order. I was very much in my head the whole time, right. uh, trying to remember the order, because I was worried about that person who wrote, it's good, always good to see Lori Kilmartin it last year. It is always year. good to see, yeah, hopefully the fuck is here. No. <laughs> Person, but there were, to me, the review felt like, oh, I'm worried about her material again, and I'm like, oh, she's, now she's really gonna be annoyed with me. Uh, so I, I felt like my set last night, I was very uh, uh, worried that I was, you know, that I was remembering an order that I don't normally do, and I, and I wasn't having fun, I was just trying to like prove that I fucking wrote new Joseph's you now. <laughs> right, well, that's, I mean, sometimes, because this is. Quite honestly, and this is smoke that can or cannot be accepted up your butts, but uh, this is this is the best comedy festival for comedy camp, right? Like where you get to see more comics per, you're oh, like, yeah. oh my god, oh my god. You're like, hey, Andy Erickson's here. Hey, yeah. uh, what the hell? And, uh, and then you see like 19 <laughs> comics that you sometimes see on the road and you sometimes see on festivals yeah. and you sometimes see in LA, but it's, it, this is the best one for that, but it, it does create this, this anxiety in me. Like last night, there was uh, this comic book, she's probably here right now. Anyway, um, but uh, Gail Simone, who wrote uh, Secret Six and Clean Room and whatever, you don't care. So, I, did, uh, I did care, okay. she sounds very accomplished and I'm she's glad She's very that accomplished she... and she's lovely. Yeah. So it's all working out. Okay, so. <laughs> You said it like you were insulting me. Well, sometimes I am. But that wasn't, that wasn't the time. Well, it was a comic book talk. Okay. So. All right, so, but uh, she had just seen me on the Nerd Cruise a month and a half ago, and I was like, oh, she's seen all this material. Right. So I decided to do my political chunk, yeah. which she hadn't seen. And last night I did the political chunk here, and there was some resistance by the resistance. <laughs> Were you too far left for the resistance, or more to the side? I think more people were like, oh, we came, we didn't really want to talk about this. Oh, so they just don't want to hear about Trump. No, well, I didn't talk about Trump, I talked about genocide. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, there's resistance to your uh, to resistance to the genocide. Yeah, some resistance yeah. to my, hey, we should stand up to genocide bit. <laughs> well, maybe uh, they've met a bunch of Armenians, and they can see it from the church point of view. <laughs> Because my kid went to school in Glendale for two years, and now I have a lifetime's worth of anger directed at them. Yeah, and what I love is that he probably went to like kindergarten and first yeah. grade. Yeah, and you're like, that's it. They're assholes when their kids are out of control. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's they're all driving their BMW trikes. <laughs> Very possible. Um, so, uh, when you say resistance, do you mean were you trying new stuff inside that, or were no. you? No, no, I wasn't. I was just thinking. Was it, a little ha, ha, it has you done it on your on your album already? Yeah, except for I have a couple new jokes. It's, it's, yeah. it's like a little bit better than it was on the album, just because um, it's had a couple more iterations of trying. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, it's well, good. well, good. I'm glad. Thank I'm God, glad it's getting better now that you've still working on it, on it. And, uh, and it's not getting worse. Which happens, but you know what, uh, bless it. Put out a second version of it. I don't care. Right? Why not? Why not? There's, there's no, no, there's yeah. no rules. There's no rules. Uh, 
Well, here's the thing, like, and I, I, last night I also worked, we're, I'm working on a chunk that's just, I, I realized today I have like 15 points I'm trying to make, and I only have three jokes, and uh, each one works, has worked a couple times, but somehow they're not all working together at the same time, right. and uh, um, it's kind of upsetting to me, and because that chunk is messy. I feel messy and slovenly as a person, and <laughs> disgusting, and I want to crawl out of my own skin. But I know if I can get it right, I will feel better about and myself. I will tell you this, an untidy joke will make you feel fat and useless. Yes. <laughs> it's not completely true. It's not even an analogy. <laughs> it's a truism. It is the truth. Um, and then, so I did. I did my set last night and was um, mad at myself afterwards. Okay. Because um, I was like, comedy's supposed to be fun. I'm supposed to have fun. Yeah. Right? And I didn't have fun. I was like, at the cost of everything. This leads to this, and this leads to this, and these segues must. Okay. So then I, I hung out. I wanted to go back to my room to be alone, but you can't be alone at the Jupiter Hotel. There's no. I'm just surrounded by people very solo time. enjoying themselves. Yes. It's, it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, I've never felt lonelier than when I'm in my room at this hotel. <laughs> because I don't know how to act at a festival. Like, I, also, like, I don't, you know, I'm a, sort of a depressed loner, and when comics are all hanging out, and I don't know, I'm like, oh, they're not like me. I'm not even like a comic. Fuck. Like, I'm, I'm an outsider amongst outsiders. Right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell the, the here. Let, let us speak to the Jupiter because uh, I checked in and the kid told me he said, "Well, I put you on the I put you on the quiet side." And I said, "Good, good. Here's some money." And, uh, <laughs> and then I get to my room and there's a quieter side. Let me say that. But what I did do is I put on a book on tape to to uh, work as a sound buffer against the cacophony coming from right outside my fucking room. Right. So uh, I woke. Eight hours later, slept like a baby to a book that I had already heard, and I'm like, "Oh, I like this part." <laughs> so it was kind of nice, actually. But it is. And then last, I didn't have gone to the parties the last two nights. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I won't be going tonight. Uh, if anybody wants to have breakfast, knock yourself out. I'll be away. Uh, but what I always say at the parties is, I always say, "Hey, pretend I was here till four and I was a mess. Just start a rumor." <laughs> Tasha danced every dance. And, uh, I, I think, but you, like, you had breakfast with Baron Vaughn, right? Yep. Okay, so you're, you're good. I, I don't even know how to organize that, you know? Like, I showed up at the Dunford with my computer. I'm like, maybe I'll have lunch with somebody or whatever, but I'll just work in case no one wants to be with me. And I ran Posey and Karen there, and I forced myself in on their conversation, and they let me. It's so good to watch you grow. But it doesn't feel natural. Son to be a hermit. He didn't want to go to improv. Like, oh fuck, we need another generation of like solitary <laughs> solo and solo yes. existence. Well, it's true. I mean, to get out and get outside of yourself, it is hard. It yeah. is. A, it's a learned skill, and you have to force yourself to do it. Which is why I name shit. Right? Like I name comedy brunch. Uh, guess what? Oh, that isn't a thing. Uh, <laughs> I just made that up. It's me texting essentially a bunch of comics going. I'm gonna go eat lunch. Uh, do you want to try to have lunch with me? Separate checks. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're comics, <laughs> and they're like, "Yes, yes, I do." And but, so, but very... it, like, what if what if you say I want it at eleven, and they're like, "Oh, let's do 12, and then I'll, then you have to manage all that. That's that's what would stop me from even starting that. <laughs> wow, live in the future already. Uh, <laughs> 
well, what it is is it is at 11, but I get there at 10.30. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit there and try to write and transcribe, uh, you know, uh, the sets that I've taped. Yeah. And I work until someone gets there or nobody gets there. And uh, my least favorite thing is, oh, I can't make it this week. And I was like, who fucking cares? <laughs> come or don't come. When I say that, I text you that, and that's your response? Who yeah, fucking cares? It was because I invited 13 people, and then people were like, oh, I so wanted to come. I couldn't come this week. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, I mean, my social, my problem socially is that I don't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, I want to, and I know that I should politely say, oh, I'm so sorry you couldn't make it. Oh, I'll invite you next week. Instead of, well, I will invite you. I mean, I'm not going to yeah, stop right. inviting you, uh, but I don't need to have an interaction about whether you're not doing something. And it seems weird to me. When you you were you and Baron were sitting right across from me, and I was like, I'm like, I want to hear her. Like you were all doing three of you, by the way. The three of you just walked, walked, sat, and Baron goes, "Is that Karen?" And I was like, "No, that's that's Riley Newton." And uh, and he goes. No, right there. And I said, is that Lori Kilmartin and Brandy? We didn't know you were right there. We didn't. No, you guys didn't see us. Very we didn't, I didn't see you. None of us saw each other. We're all very tink. Uh, you can't get in. There's a, there's a little force field of uh, self, self, self. Exactly. It's dumb. Anyway, we got an email. We got an email that you don't want to answer, but let's do it. What? Oh. Somebody asked us a question. Okay. Thomas Judd wrote... Dear Jackie and Lori Show, we're not encouraging you to do that. Did he, he wrote it to you? He did write it to okay. me. And he asked Let's me. keep it that way. I don't want any interactions with fellow humans. Go to this one. Lori Kilmartin at LoriKilmartin.com. Anyway, so uh, he said, um, when you follow a prop comic, yeah. do you ever trip over the props? That was the question. A lot of laughs from upstairs. Where the comics are like, who the fuck is following a prop comic? And who thinks that prop comics are completely and entirely monitoring their fucking props? Like, that's their whole fucking act. Yeah, are not leaving. Have you ever worked with a prop comic? Just like when I asked. They're always headlining. That's true. <laughs> Closing the show. That's my favorite. We're gonna follow you. Even your fucking tricks. You fucking comedy cheater. Comedy cheater. Should be writing jokes, not booking them. Okay, so uh, that thing made me think of a story. When I first started doing stand up, 84, right? I worked yeah. at Bill Kinison's Club in Madison, Wisconsin, and there was a guy from Florida. Uh, one of the first comics I ever thought to myself, oh, all comics from Florida are hacks. And, uh, and then I met comics that weren't, and there's yeah. three of them. Anyway, and, so, yeah, starting with Tom Rhodes on, yeah. and Todd Berry. Uh, excuse me. Oh, that's fine. Brian Regan. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch. Anyway, good times are happening. Uh, Florida, you're creating some decent humans. Uh, this guy was horrible. He closed, 
with, he would actually, he like somehow got an Elvis costume on. Wow. It was 1984, and so he had an Elvis costume, and there was music that played, and he had a glittery Elvis costume, and he had a bowl of M&Ms on the, on the tiny stage, about the size of this table, that he would throw in the air and oh. pretend that they were pills and catch them in his mouth. And so uh, I was emceeing, and it was a Wednesday through Saturday, and so by Saturday, uh, a Saturday first show, he comes up to me and he goes, hey, those are my last M&Ms, don't eat my M&Ms. <laughs> and I'm like, I've never fucking eaten you, what am I, eating your weird props? That's weird. And um, so I was like, okay, he said, I'm out of M&Ms, make sure that nobody eats those M&Ms. And I was like, fair enough. And then Sam Kinison, his brother, Gil, whatever, Gil Kinison comes up to me and says, hey, give away all the M&Ms during your set. <laughs> who tries to fuck up his headliner. Entirely. And I was like, I'm 19, right? And I'm like, wait, he no, he specifically, and I'm like, he specifically told me not to, that he doesn't have anymore. And, and so Bill goes, I've already set Steve Marmel for more eminence. Don't worry about it. Just, uh, uh, just, oh, just to freak him out temporarily. Yeah, just to freak yeah. him out temporarily. And Marmel is uh, featuring? No, yeah, Marmel was, we, okay. we started together. So, um, so he had gone to the grocery store to get more uh, eminence, and I was like, so just give him away or something? He's like, and Bill's like, yeah, give them away. Get rid of them. Give them, eat them, do something with them. Make them gone. And I was like, okay, I'm making $10 a week. This seems important. <laughs> so I go up and I make a big show of going, look at all this crap on the stage. Because he's got a bunch of props. Like he's got like a big boner and a thing that makes a noise and whatever. So he's got a hat. Anyway, so um, I give away, I'm like, hey, what are these? I'm like, oh, they're MMs. Anybody would like an MM? I'm giving them away. Give them away. I get off stage. I don't, it's hard to follow somebody who gives MMs to the audience. Is what Second second right, so whoever's featuring. Yeah, Marmel. Uh, Marmel. Well, no, Marmel was, he, it was a showcase of kind of, there was okay. two more comics and then the headline. Okay. So I introduce whoever the next comic is. I get off stage. The, the Florida Elvis dude yeah. gets in my face. He's like, what the fuck? And he picks me up and throws me against the wall. Oh. And he's like, you fucking gave away my M&Ms and I'm gonna, I don't even know what I'm gonna do. And I was like, I, right. And, uh, <laughs> Bill, like fucking Bill or Marmel or somebody show up with goddamn evidence because this guy's going to punch me through the wall and finally Bill goes, ha, we got you, we got more evidence coming, you asshole. And I was like, this comedy's dumb. Comedy's dumb. Why are, why are, why are there mean weird comics? Okay, what is that carrot top? <laughs> what is it? He's from Florida. Oh, is he also yes. from Florida? I thought you were secretly saying it. Nope, it was some male pattern baldness, dude. <laughs> That's all I remember about the guy. And he had a lot of costume changes for a headliner. A lot of costume changes for a headliner. You have to appreciate all the hard work. It's, it's true. It's a lot of work. Like, um, I worked with this guy named John Joseph. Do you know him? No. This is the most I had to step over at a comedy club. But he, he's a musical act, and he has... He had, keyboard, he had a bunch of shit out. <laughs> and I was emceeing at the Comedy Castle, which has sure. never had me back. Oh, that's... Oh, sorry. Uh, that's sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And uh, yeah, and so it, I just had to perform amongst uh, musical pieces, and uh, I think I think I was angry and I couldn't hide it all week. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why am I in the orchestra pit? Yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Of musical. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's it. That's my. Oh, that's your. That's, that's my whole story. That's the whole thing. Do you ever work with a magician? Huh? Huh? Um, many hypnotists. I've worked with a lot of hypnotists. Oh, I've never worked with a hypnotist. Oh my God. Really? Did you ever get hypnotized? where uh, comedy clubs would book hypnotists like two weeks a month uh, because it was like easy money. Audiences fucking love to be <laughs> turned into chickens on stage. Oh, yeah, there's a guy named Gary Conrad. Who, yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I never did end up working with him. I worked with several magicians. Here's what you never want to tell an up-close magician that you love up-close magic. Because <laughs> meal that you have with him, he's pretending to bend spoons and fighting things behind your ear. It's just horrible. <laughs> Uh, it, well, he, you know, he just worked out a lot. I was like, this makes me uncomfortable. Okay. <laughs> I evaluated if somebody can overpower me constantly. Uh, and he never did. It was fine. Right? <laughs> it was, was nerve wracking. I um, so last night I we got derailed by your email. Yep. Uh, so I, I had I finished my set and I'm in a terrible mood and. Uh, uh, I was gonna leave, and uh, then Kristen Keeves like, you should just stay. So she and I watched for the bar the next show, which was something called uh, Rants Off uh, Dance Off. Oh, the Rants Off Dance Off. Yeah, and it was really great. And uh, Whitney Street. Pardon me? Whitney Street. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so the two, and I, I, I was like, Maggie May was so funny, and Andy Erickson were so funny, and I was like, why? Like, they're all light and happy, and they're taking all these chances, and I'm like, my great stuff is not working like I wanted to. I'm like, why can't I be like that? Why am I just You're different different people? people? You're just different people. I know. Matt Kirshen uh, judged Yeah, oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah. it was hilarious. I've judged Andy Kimmer. And Caitlin? Oh, yeah. Yes. Caitlin. No, she wasn't. Was it wasn't Caitlin? No, it wasn't Caitlin. Or was Caitlin somebody else? Last right. name. Right. 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 Congratulations. <laughs> for her ethics. Okay. So, hold on. Can I cross out? I'm sick of my face. I think we should address that. There we go. Yeah, you're sick of your face. Uh, um, there was some discussion that I overheard about um, someone saying that comics should wear an open toe shoe. <laughs> where, where do you stand up? Well, first of all, I, I'm afraid to even. I'm wearing sandals right now. Oh, you're uh, also wearing shorts, which I disapprove entirely of all shorts. And a po- oh, what? It's, it's a podcast, and that's why I have a covered table, which is what I asked for specifically, and I say, thank God. <laughs> so no one has to see, no doubt, and be distracted by how great your ankles are, or some fucking thing. <laughs> they're, great. they're all bruised from my fashion blaster. I, I look horrible from head to toe. Um, well, thank God you're working on it. No, I'm afraid to... Uh, <laughs> To, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to step on a Greg Fitzsimmons bit because he has a huge chunk about men wearing thongs I, and flip flops. I, I never think about there. that. I never think about stepping on a Greg Fitzsimmons bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just that's another difference thing. between you and me. Exactly. We're very different people. Um, um, okay, so. No, just because I haven't seen Greg Fitzsimmons do stand up in a couple of years. It's been a while. Oh, okay. Is it a classic? Is it a classic? It's good. It's funny. It's a, of course it is. It's after guys that wear flip flops. That's all. Oh, that'll What do you think of the Colbert uh, joke? Uh, did you? Are you familiar with it? Did I, 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 I did see the rant. It was essentially did not. I did. Okay. I did see it. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Bamford was yes. on uh, was on last night, and my dad called me to tell me that he saw it. Oh. And uh, he thought that her pacing was off. <laughs> You want me to pass that on? And, uh, 
I said, well, it's over now. It's like your, it's like your new album, I can't, The Die is Cast. Oh, wow. I was like, fair enough. Did, uh, did you watch it? I, I, I did. You didn't see the, the thing where no, he died? I, I see Maria. What? Oh, I didn't get to see Maria. He saw Maria. Okay. So it was she actually made... very funny. Oh. oh. And she called me and said that she thought it was fine, but uh, she thought she could have done better. But that sounds like every comic I've ever met in my life. Yeah, that was fine. I bet you I could have done better. Uh, that could be put on all of our gravestones. Yes. Um, so I watched the Colbert thing, and it, it, he, uh, the, the joke that everyone uh, is appalled about is uh, he called Trump's mouth a uh, cock holster for black. Oh, yeah. Um, which I don't, you know, it's weird. Like, I don't think it's uh, homophobic, because that's almost like. That's what they thought was homophobic? Yeah. It, it doesn't want, I have a cock holster. Yeah. It is a very famous doodle. Yeah. Is it a nice? It's a, it's about being uh, being in a submissive position. Oh, to, right. The to woman, somebody. The woman. Yeah, the female yes. position, which I don't think is necessarily oh, homophobic or not. It's just it's just calling Trump a receptacle for uh, Putin's cum. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and, 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 and that short story? Uh, well, I, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I, but I also think since neither of them are gay, yeah. uh, that it's, it's sort of, and, and they're both sort of anti-gay, especially Putin, it's almost a good way to insult them, you know? To oh, say that you put more thought into that. I mean, literally, yeah. all I think is that I think it's just a dick joke. It is a dick joke. Yeah. yeah so, I, but I don't. It's, it's, so, but there, I, there's some comics that are that are or like, or, or some people are saying it was homophobic, and I was like, I don't, I don't really agree with that. I, th- I was really shocked because I thought it was a lot to put on CBS. Like, I, I went yeah, yeah. to CBS, even even though they leaked it, it's still like. Yeah, I knew what he said. Yeah. Like, I, when I heard him say I was like, oh, that's what he said. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't, um, I liked that the editing was super nice, too, because you could totally hear the word wholesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was really well cut. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was kind of a rant. It wasn't really a joke. It was a great image. But it wasn't really a joke. It was just sort of a rant. And, and I totally think it established why he was angry because uh, Trump was so rude to a CBS guy. So I thought yeah. that was a good establishment of why he was going to go all the way to cock holster. Yeah, yeah. And to go from zero to cock holster in 90 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'm the one, the right one to, to ask if that's. I'm just curious. I mean, yeah, I, I like that he didn't really apologize. He just said I probably would have been less crude. Like, he could come up with a softer version of cock holster. Right. You know, I'm sure there had been alternates flying around the room. I'm they, sure. You know, they what? went all in. See, and, and the thing is, is about all of this stuff about Trump is that I would love to be less angry in my rant. Do you know what would do that? Is if he wasn't here. Right. Is if he were fucking buried headfirst in the sand with honey painted on his feet and I released red ants. That is what would help. I know, I have a hard time writing or tweeting jokes about it because I'm so enraged sometimes. And right, I just right. want to go, fuck! Oh, where's where's yeah. the light comedy about the, the destruction of the, of the best self-governing experiment in the history of humanity? Right. <laughs> it turns out it's real hard to write that joke. Yeah. Yeah, these little little nicks, you know. Yeah, uh, they aren't really doing any damage. Nope. Um, no, no. I, the guy. I mean, they always said that Reagan was Teflon and blah blah blah. Yeah. And you're like, 
No, no, this guy. I actually talked. There was a Trump. Was it uh, some supporter of uh, dumb shit uh, who said I don't. Oh, it was somebody's parents who, yeah. who said I don't care what he says. Yeah. And then the next line was I care what Colbert says about him. And you're like, no. What do you? And, oh, I know. It was. I I won't say her name, but uh, it was uh, her father-in-law said um, that. Uh, <laughs> Her father-in-law oh, said that uh, like she, she wouldn't want that out there. She wouldn't care. No, because it's her father-in-law. Oh, okay. So, but yeah. your live show gets the note pencil. <laughs> She's been on like a movie, right? She has been yes, coming. Okay. We've gone through the last seventy episodes to look for someone who has an asshole for a father-in-law. <laughs> um, there you go. <laughs> Try to find just one. Uh, he, he said that uh, they were out to dinner, and he goes, uh, and, she, and she, uh, he said something like, "I don't want there to be um, the people are so negative about Trump, and, she, and it's worse than any other president." She said, "That's because he's actually a genuinely he's doing terrible things to the to the constitution and yeah. the republic," and he said. And the things that he says and the things that he says he's going to do. And her father-in-law said, I don't care what he's going to do. And she said, let's just eat dinner. <laughs> Listen, uh, so I told, I told my mom. Speaking uh, Yes. Yeah. I, I said, I got, I, I, usually we're, we have some sort of detente. But uh, whenever Trump does something particularly horrendous, I get angry with her. Yes. And so, <laughs> and, uh, and it comes out, like, from her point of view, it comes out of the blue. Um, you're like you're working blue again, Lauren. <laughs> but I, I, I go, I go great. Now if I get raped, I'm not going to have coverage. Thanks, mom. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Night yeah. at the Kill Martin home. Morning. This is how I start. Oh, that's all and then I go to work tonight. Jokes for coming. That's uh, I'm very stressed this week. But uh, but then uh, she. So I, I, I started listing all the things that were in the healthcare bill. This oh, before right. I even passed. You know, I just, right. as it was out there on Thursday morning, and um, and she goes, no, that's not wrong. I I don't believe you. And I, I go, well, what would you believe? And she goes, if if it was in the Blaze, which is Glenn Beck's online forum. Oh, that's her source of yes. of, of what's real and what isn't. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I know the programs. <laughs> you can't. It's it's not her fault, and she's almost eighty, and she's you know she's she's you know, the Chad Daniels she, joke. What the Chad Daniels joke about his grandmother being a racist? No. But. People always say, well, you know, she was raised differently. Yeah. In a different time, and he goes, yeah, but she's raised now, right? Grown up lady. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So there's drama in Minneapolis. Oh my God, that's right. That's yes. right. So, oh wait, let's do Comic of the Week first. Yeah, this yeah, is because we're in the half hour. I think Comic of the Week has been in our presence. Ooh. Comic of the Week, and this is unplanned. You and I agreed on it as we were walking up the steps, and then yep. we bumped right into her. That's right, because you mentioned two other people that have already been coming <laughs> of the week. I was like, episode 19. Episode 72. No, oh, I was yeah. or something like that. So we're going with the balloon, you guys. Michelle Balloon. Festival from Wisconsin. You know, I met her in Texas 
she was around when I met my son's father. She was around that week. She was emceeing. Blame her. I did. Oh, I do. That's why it's taken so long to get her to become good week. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have a child. Right. <laughs> my entire so life would be so different. It's so beautiful. But yeah, Michelle Balloon uh, is probably at Michelle Balloon. Or is it just at Balloon? Balloon, yell out. It's one out, two O's, right? That's right. <laughs> There she, oh, there she is. Hey, how's it going? And two L's in the shop. Some enchanted. There you go. All right. Wow, you're being lit. <laughs> oh, she's, she's the globe. The globe of Michelle Balloon up What time is it? How long have we done? <laughs> we're at 30. And we're at 30? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> Anything else? Where's that t shirt? <laughs> So, the drama of open mic. Yes. Where did you do open mic, if I might? We've, we've, San we've Francisco. Talked, it was, was it at the Punchline? It was at, uh, Punchline was one you had to build up to. And I think it's still the same way now, where you had to hang out for a year every so Sunday at the Punchline. That's not an open mic, that's a showcase. Yes, okay. So, so uh, 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 Holy City Zoo, open mic. Oh, oh, you okay. get there between 8 and 8.30. Show up and, uh, show up and go, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And then she would, uh, Rebecca would make an order, and there'd be between 25 and 35 comics, and this was in the um, uh, the Richmond District of San Francisco. Okay, so everybody who showed up got to go up? Yeah. Yeah, and that's most open mics, right? right? And so most county clubs, like like fancy, like the main clubs usually don't have open mics. Right, right. right. And they're all set up super weird, uh, like the what was it the Laugh Factory has that line on Tuesdays. Yeah, right. You have to stand in line in LA for all day, and then and then you sign up and you might get up. So it's it's it's, it's, it's still like that now. I still I still get emails to send in my avails, and I haven't done a spot there in like years. I'm like oh. at least a year, I would say. Right. I, uh, I don't, are, are they just being cruel? Why, why aren't they sending me an email? <laughs> I don't know why they're still. I've never I've never even had the opportunity to. I have performed at the, the Laugh Factory. There's nowhere to hang out. Right. And Jamie Masada might talk to me. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, I don't know why you're not getting spots there. <laughs> well, I've never asked. I've never asked for spots. But the thing is, is he's got like an opinion about yeah, everybody's stand up. Right? Maybe now. You'll never see him again. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I'm willing to go there. <laughs> Tell me that, oh, well, you know, you're not confident enough. You're too <laughs> confident, or why don't you talk more about Who's ever told you you're not confident enough? <laughs> nobody, nobody has ever had to. <laughs> Somebody was telling me that they told them that Jamie Masada said that they needed to be more confident. I forget who that was. Anyway, so, anyway, Acme Comedy Company, Minneapolis, Minnesota, my home club. I started out doing open mics in Madison at right. Bill Kinison's club, and there were only seven of us. And so we all got spots. We all got spots. We all got to do open mic. And it was the open mic was on Sundays. You did, uh, and, and you got long spots, like you do at small yeah. uh, open mics that are either all comics or there's like three people at them. You get to do five to seven. It's lovely. But decent open mics that have audience members, like once you get three minutes and you get a light at like two. And, and if you don't get a I wish this was a three-minute podcast. <laughs> It would make me Don't happier. you wish that it were a three-minute story? Because the story is st- I'm still telling you. <laughs> <laughs> a long fucking story. Anyway, 
so anyway, the way Acme does open mic is they do they do some they sign up like yeah. they, there's 23 spots, ten of them are booked by uh, comics who MC feature and headline who want to do sets. Uh, the other 13 spots are uh, lottery, and taking into account uh, if you show up a lot, they keep sort of a roll call kind of like punchline, and so they try to reward people who come every week. So it's not a, it's not a, a true lottery amongst right. the lottery people. Right. Okay. So they're not actually lottery. pulling it out of hat. To my knowledge, no. And so they're, and there's so that's really, not a lottery at all. <laughs> <laughs> right? Or are there any unless there's a different uh, unless there's a different definition of lottery? There you are that. correct. Yes, that is the definition of lottery, and that isn't it. So maybe. Um, so yeah. So I guess I mean there's it's a reward system. I guess is yes. that what you call it? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, it, there are five other open mics per week in Minneapolis okay. that people go up at. And uh, and there's room for improvement at all of this in every open mic in the world. But there's not room for improvement in the story. No, there's so much room for improvement. <laughs> Would you have somewhere to go for 25 minutes? You could not. Yeah, uh, alone in my room. <laughs> in a full position. Yes. We need to do Andy Kindler's particular show. That's yes. right. Um, that's what I said. We're both back in this. Is, oh, no, no it's right, the fur. Yeah. fur. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, the deal is this, is last week um, there was only one comic out of 23, and the other two were 22 white guys. Yeah. And so there's a woman who posted that a picture of the lineup. Was she the woman on the lineup? Nope. Okay. Uh, there was another woman who was the only, there was 70 people signed up for the open mic for those 13 spots. Wow. Seven of them were women. Yeah. She was the only woman who signed up herself and was there. Uh, the other six women uh, were probably at work. Oh, I see. The thankless job of open mic will always be the thankless job of open mic. Yeah. It's always going to be exhausting, expensive, interminable, and you're going to have to get there at a time when you can't be there because you're working. Right. Like, yeah. what if you have a day job and you have to say, hey, somebody please sign me up? Oh, I see. Right. And, then, and then you're like, should I come? Should I not come? I mean, so there's room for improvement, whatever. So she was like, um, Acme doesn't book women, and they're not moving women up fast enough. And um, and more women should sign up. And so it led to this this long thing about, and so I was trying to figure out, like I, I 357 posts later on Facebook. Wow. Yeah, where by the way, at one point I was like, I, because Cy Amundsen tagged me in the thing. I wouldn't have been involved at all, but Cy tagged me in it because I bitched about the, the benefit I did mm -hmm. and named Cy. So he, he repaid you by bringing you into a potential uh, rape threat. Well, because nobody, the, the, the person who quoted this said, you should have listened to Jackie bust Cy's balls about not, <laughs> um, not saying that Acme doesn't support women. Uh, at this benefit, and I was like, that is not what I said, and uh, and so I was like, please come on and defend me, or just at least tell the story of how it really was, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, and so I went on, and I was, and then I read what she wrote, and I was like, yeah, open mic sucks. <laughs> and it's not ever going to get, but I mean, there's, and, and then it led to this thing about, about harassment, and, and abuse, and all of this stuff, and and because of it went to that place, I got three emails of passive aggressive emails from people saying, hey, if you essentially, this, and this is not what specifically was said, but it was implied, 
uh, if you don't support this post about this, you are tacitly supporting assault and rape. And so I was like, uh, you can fuck off, and uh, this slander is bullshit. And, um, and but all, all passive aggressive Minnesota nice bullshit has its built in escape pod of, I didn't mean it, you read it wrong. And I'm like, no, I didn't. And, uh, well, that is a stark, uh, those numbers are quite stark though. One, one out of 23. Except for in, in one, that there's only one. But or is that just that night? Uh, no, no, it's probably consistent, yeah. if not constant. It's yeah. probably because there there are probably you know thirty women in the in the Minneapolis yeah. comedy scene, and a lot of them have recently been moved up. And I, I would just say, and, you know, whoever's organizing, you know, putting that together, it's for for the audience. You have an audience of women that who are missing out. They're missing, I mean, if you have a guy after guy after guy after guy going up, it's not good for the guys because they, now they have to spend a lot of time differentiating themselves from the other white guy that just went up in front of them, right? Yeah. I mean, you just want to work on your jokes. You don't want to be like, oh, I look like I look like the two people on either side of me. I mean, it's it's helpful to have somebody who's not like you going up right in front of you. Yeah, it helps um, everybody. So it always helps the female comics because we're, you know, yeah. we're usually surrounded by guy comics. Mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, it's, it's better for the show to have a mix of voices and points of view. Right. It's better for the comics that are performing because they're not going to be the 13th guy in a row right. complaining about dating. And you're going to have, uh, you have premise fatigue in the audience like, oh, let me guess, you're single. <laughs> How many times can you hear that? So uh, it's, it's yes. healthier all around to have a varied, right, a varied uh, lineup. Right, and I think, and... Uh, and Lewis books varied comics throughout the year. Yeah. You know, and like the book shows are, are very diverse mm-hmm. and they are as diverse as, as I think is as as any as any clubs, even alter clubs can get. Yeah. He does a great job with that. And but sometimes it gets super dude heavy on those open mics. And it's because it's the world is, of stand up comedy is kind of dude heavy. So it, you it gotta cheat for it, I think. Yeah, I think you do, and it is, you know, it's, it's, you've been the only woman on a lineup. It's not fun to even be around that energy constantly. You know, yeah, you, it's you, exhausting. Actually. I mean, imagine, <laughs> we were just, at, I was just at a women's comedy festival in Boston, and right. there was a, I don't know if I told this last time, but there was a, I was talking to a couple of guy comics, and they were like a little weirded out by how many female comics there were, and it's, it's like, yeah, it's a different energy, and yeah. we're always, we're always in the minority with that kind of dealing with that male energy, and it's it's nice to not be the only one there, and it's nice to be not one of two. It's nice to be one of five. So it kind of yeah. it, it doesn't really matter. It takes the pressure off you being a woman. You can just focus on being a comic, you know. Right, and I think I've told the story on the um, on the show before is that I once did a show at Gary Bynum. Yeah, and, uh, and he booked two in other Tucson. women. Yeah. Tucson. He booked two other women comics with me. And I got there, and he said, you know, I didn't even notice it's all women comics. That's not a problem, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> and, uh, but the weird thing that did happen was that the audience did that thing that must happen to white guys all the time, which is, I love that joke you did about um, Chicago. And I was like, about being a black female comic? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> The other comic. Well, then it was three white ladies, three straight, yeah. straight white ladies. So um, we all got mixed up. Like white dudes must yeah. get mixed up all the time. Like people are constantly going up to a white dude, going, "Man, that was such a great chunk." 
yeah. um, Elvis or whatever fucking thing. And, uh, and they're like, no, that was the other guy. Who has the other also prop some, act. It was the other prop act who has a beard. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. So it's, I mean, it's weird. Yeah, like, I, the open mic is always going to be, it's always going to take years, and there's going to be a fancy open mic. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, the San Francisco Punchline, that's not an open mic. I thought for yeah, right. a long it's time not. that it was an open mic. It's a Sunday showcase, and you have to go every year, every, uh, every, every week, Sunday. every yeah. Sunday, hang out for the entire show. For the whole show, you have to get check in Molly's in, space and just get in Molly's space there. or whoever's running it to make sure that they see you yeah. for one year. And which is expensive. And then they might get, you might get a spot that you'll have like two minutes to prepare. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, then, and then finally you get a spot and you better be able to show up yeah. and, and make it happen. And then, and then I was thinking about um, like the comedy works. That's a call-in system. You call yeah. in uh, during the day. They do a, and then they post the list. And they also do another thing where it's like half the list is people that already work there. Who get spots, and um, and then the rest of the list um, are are from from the calling, yeah. and then so every, there's no standardization, and you have to you have to get stage time where you can get stage time, and if the other if, if the cool club in town because Acme has I mean there's like 180 people who come every Monday because Lewis Lee is at because at that open mic 180 to 220 every week because in 1992. When he started that open mic, he uh, he was it's all ages, and he hired two waitresses to serve sodas and waters to sixteen year olds. Hmm. And then, so twenty five years later, those guys are in their forties, and they're used to coming to comedy. So they're, they're still coming. Plus, new something about that story made me very sad. <laughs> That's because the audience hasn't changed. Well, that's because someone was telling me that uh, Barry Katz on his podcast yeah. uh, signed Louis C.K. In the, in the beginning of his career. Yeah. And he said, if I could go back in time and tell Louis C.K., uh, you're going to be huge 26 years from now. <laughs> Would you still do it? Yeah. And and I think, yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, it's good to know that, you know, Okay, 26 years from now? 26 years no, ago. I'm someone, saying if someone says oh, yeah. that to us, 26 years from now, you'll yes. think, oh, you think it should be coming to you. I would <laughs> fucking drop this mic and walk out of the stage and I would just stand there. Yeah. We'll still be hanging out doing this podcast. Here's what I want to carry the mics. I, okay, so I'm trying we'll to... We'll backs of elephants. How, how, how much time? 45. Oh, are we at 45? Yeah. Okay. 46. I'm trying to... Uh, I'm doing a, trying to do a grassroots uh, Emmy nomination campaign. What's happening? Okay. <laughs> so, for whom? For, for me? yourself? Yeah. Oh, okay. For my special. Oh. Okay. Oh, right. So, uh, 48 jokes about your dead dad, you guys. 45. Thank you for making me feel like it's not enough. <laughs> it should have been three more. If it had been three more, you wouldn't have to work so hard to get a nomination. <laughs> Just told me secretly, asshole. <laughs> so this is like again, it's this is maybe for interesting to comics is you know the there's the Emmy, it's the TV Academy, and uh, and so if you want your special to be nominated, you have to submit it, and it costs six thousand dollars. Yes, you you have to submit it in two categories, which is outstanding uh, variety special, which you're up against like the Oscars. 
uh, and there's no chance. And then outstanding variety writing, which is usually what stand-ups win if they win. Okay. And uh, the writing one costs 200 and the special costs 5800 to submit. Uh, but they recommend you do both because then it gets your, your the name of the special out there. $5,800. Yes, $6,000. So I was going to pay it. Yeah. And then the guys that produced my special, the people yeah. that did the doc part, they paid it. And I, I said, I'll pay half, but I, you know, I'm like, oh, please don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> Such a lady move, man. May 1st, and then they're going to upload it, and there'll be a special link for people that are in the academy to watch okay. it for free. Okay. And uh, but it's weird, like, I don't, you know, I, I guess I'll tweet about it, but I, you know, I don't have like Netflix money behind me, and and you have to be in like if it's to be you have to be a writer that's you know part of uh, the academy to be able to vote on writing stuff. And so, will it be for 2017? Yeah, for this so, summer, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so I think there you can pick like maybe five five choices for nominations, and then, then the nominations come out, and then that's a different game. Oh, wow. But I, I thought, I would, I would love to have a nomination, and then I would be fucking happy with that. And then I would, I could... Would you just be pleased to be nominated? Yes! Okay. Literally, I would. I would. <laughs> and then, 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 because I, I, I feel like I'm the kind of person where I, I need to have a slight chip on my shoulder. You know? And to me, like, if I, if I really that feel... super healthy. <laughs> but when, when things are, like, when something really joyous happens, I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right, and I feel uncomfortable with it. But if, you know, like, if I were to get nominated and then lose, I'd be, I, I'd be really oh, happy. happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking angry, you know, and I'd feel jilted, and that, I, I really thrive on jilted energy. <laughs> That's, where, that's me at my comedic best. And I feel like a lot of comics, we're, we're, we're always the ones that get second place or something, and we're like, fucking goddammit. In, in life, we're sort of those people that are, are second place people, and we feel like we should have been first, and that's why we get up on stage and brave these you know, horrible open mics for years and years. You know? Who hurt you? <laughs> this is, I, I want to hug you so bad that I know that it will not be appreciated. <laughs> so, I want, um, okay. I want you to, uh, the thing is, is if you're nominated, though, I, yeah. would, I would say that if you get nominated, it's six grand well spent. That's what I, that's what I thought. Yeah. What I thought was like, that is worth the six grand, whether or not you get, you win my, or not. My feeling was, okay, so I got paid back, so I, I broke it even. Yeah. You know, I was like 28-ish in the hole before, $28,000. Okay. Yeah. And I, I got paid back from CISO. And uh, so now... You know, I'm not six in the hole. They are. I offered to be three in the hole, and that, that is on record. Uh, but uh, but if, if, you know, you do, you do have to, and this is, I feel like this would be my only chance, you know? Like, I, yeah, this you're going to stop doing stand-up. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but about? I mean, after this, it'll just be, you know, you know, whatever, regular stand-up comedy, you know? This is, like, oh, right. my one and only that's a little unique. You're like, I feel, I don't know when I'll be emotionally damaged as bad as what we Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's exactly. why I in That's it. A nomination. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. All right, so I'm not saying a tsunami should hit your high school, and then perhaps it'll... Wait, my high school. What? I don't know. I, know. You, I was trying to. You had to finish a sentence, so you just picked the person out that popped in your head, and it made no sense. Well, and the thing is, is, is I wanted to. Uh, I didn't want to kill someone that you actually loved. Like, like you know, like I, I didn't want. 
it to be like a real thing that would be right. And then I thought, well, what if I don't know? What if your swim coach got murdered? That would be you great. I hope, he's, I hope he's being sexually assaulted every day. <laughs> Disappointment. Well, 20 bucks and a crack because uh, I sell the DVD. But, uh, Have you, is, oh, I've submitted it. To, what do you mean? Like I, like I submitted it to that, that middle, middle party that, that, that tries yeah. to sell it to Hulu and Netflix. And they didn't want it. They passed. To. Well, though, they wanted it, but remember they wanted, I got the contract and it was a 10 year contract, which whenever I get a contract, I scan for dollar signs. Yeah. Because what am I, made of stone? <laughs> and uh, there were none. Yeah. In, a, in a, like a 13 page contract, no dollar signs. And then I read it more closely, and the word 10 was spelled out, and it was followed by years. So, so they would keep it for 10 years. They would, and they could cut it into spot, in, into chunks and sell it to Verizon and Delta and whatever. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, for 10 years. Do you, th- I mean, that's shitty, but if the alternative is 20 a pop, do you think uh, the money you might make with people going, oh, let me listen to her CD or something like that, or, or being aware of you after would seeing it you on Delta. Would, would it have been worth it? Would, 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 it, would that come back to you later on? I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think uh, I'm too bad about it. Uh, there's yeah. no, there's no, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it for 10 years. I've already given away, you know, like all those tapes yeah. uh, of, 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 of in comedy clubs, you know? Oh, you mean like the, the, the rooftop? rooftop? Yeah, yeah, the rooftop ones which are fine, and I'm cool with that, because in the 90s, we all signed this piece of paper that says you can record our sets, because yeah. we needed content on the internet. Yeah. And so we all signed away essentially 10 years of our acts, and the video was terrible, but the audio was fine. And then I host, um, I'm getting it back uh, a little bit at a time by hosting the, the collages. They're doing these sound collages called Sounds Like America, yeah. where they're cutting them, uh, everybody's acts into topical, and then just, oh yeah. That make it cringe. It, that reminds me of um, was it was it that show Stand Up Stand Up on Comedy Central? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to they would be like dogs, and then they just grab one dog joke from every comic. <laughs> just the worst way to showcase a bit. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it is. So you're participating in that. Yeah, I'm part of that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Watch me suck. Good job on killing comedy. Yes. Yes. Because they mix it up with like interviews and uh, oh, I know you and fine noise. Believe, you can't something. say anything. I get it. They're doing a yeah. great job. <laughs> I understand. I get it. <laughs> I tried to pay my. What? I know. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's um the uh yeah it, it no. <laughs> You're right. I don't have any defense. But we all gave away our acts, and I yes. and I think that. That actually the theme thing, as long as they, as long as it, because I remember stand up, stand up, and it was pretty brutal, because they, but comedy, the way Comedy Central has in the past, and, I'm, and I'm, maybe it's better now, I, yeah. I don't watch a lot of televised stand up comedy because I just get mad. Yeah. Um, so, but 
maybe the editing is better, but they would they did such a hack job on some of the the jokes. Like they would kind of end them before they were done, yeah. or they would let them go two sentences past. Comedy Central was infamous for doing that, where they would cut they would cut like the crowds were so good, like so champagne were. They would the setup would get a laugh, and then they would just cut cut it right there. You're like, wait, the punchline is next. Yeah. It did. But what happened? My first flat joke. They cut out the punchline. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, my from Nebraska have been angry with you ever since. Ever since. Look at that light in the distance. That's a five minute light, you guys. <laughs> The show I'm doing tonight that we're doing, a parent, someone from my youth is coming, my childhood, and they sent me a Facebook message going, uh, you better be funny. And I was enraged. Like, oh, I wanted to throw that set so bad. I won't because uh, I watch. Just have fun. You watch how good this is. Knock, knock. <laughs> I dare you to open with a knock that joke. Watch him walk. show up and you're giving me instructions? Right, right. Please give me feedback. That's yeah. Where are you uh, doing? What, so what do you, this will come out uh, Monday. What are you yes. doing next week? Uh, I'm just doing local spots in town. Me too. Um, I'm doing Act Bar. Yeah. I'm doing, I think I'm doing some improv lab stuff. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. Really? Yep. Yeah, okay. I'm just gonna follow you around. See if I can, <laughs> see if I can strong arm my man or whatever show you're doing. Yeah, in, in addition to my own. Kai, oh yeah, I like how you do that. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have any. I have no, yeah, no pride. Uh, I've been doing stand for so long. I'm just like, oh, just, just three to five, three to five, and then I do seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's my tiniest of all Chappelle moves. <laughs> you told me about Chappelle that he repeats the same jokes on the oh, same night for a new audience. I wanted to do that so badly last night. Oh, man. Just keep going. And yeah. Because he did two and a half hours and he essentially just repeated a joke yeah. after a joke after a And now we're repeating that story. But right, still. That's a good story for repeating. <laughs> I, think, wait, I think we're at the close enough, we're in the close enough club right now. <laughs> that might be the name. Close enough club. I have um, Jackie and Lori stickers um, back there if you want. You're still uh, organized. I'm organized. And uh, I also have my new CD back there if you want to buy it. Uh, Yay! Yeah. Buy your CD. I also have download cards if you want to buy those. Uh, whatever you want back there. Oh, and uh, part of me trying to organize this whole Emmy shit is that uh, I'm releasing a CISO. I was supposed to not release a CD of 45 jokes until ju uh, July. Oh, wait. And now they're going to let me release, release it the first day of voting. I'm trying to like, All you have to do is spend six grand. Yeah. They're like, oh. <laughs> um, and uh, so it, it should be coming out June 13th and available on iTunes. It's just a stand-up. It's not the crying part. <laughs> so maybe that's good. No anyway. poignant. No poignant. Just double jokes. Yeah. That'll be great. All right, cool. Bye. Woo!